Yeah, so much has happened in these last two years. Um, it seems like the time has passed by so quickly, hasn't it? But it's, I'm so thankful that we can be back together, um, worshipping and praising the Lord. So over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the theme of, or the topic of mission and community. And last week, again, we looked just at the plain movement into mission. And Craig reminded us again of the words of, of Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 to 8, where he says, Freely you have received, and so freely we should give. And we were reminded that the idea of accomplishing the goal that Jesus has laid out for us is actually something that we cannot accomplish on our own. Um, we actually not only need Jesus, we not only need the Holy Spirit, but we also need one another. And so the mission is not a one-man or one-woman show. Um, by its very nature, the mission that we have been given is a communal action. And so this morning, I don't want to deviate too far from that. Craig actually didn't give me any kind of direction when he asked me to fill in for him this morning. But I'd like us to stay in the stream of considering mission and community. And I'd like to add in another theme within, within those two aspects. Um, and I hope that we would be able to, to engage better with this issue of mission and community as we, as we, as we move forward in this new season um, that Jesus is leading us into. So we're going to start by reading from the book of Acts. Um, it would have been great if we had slides this morning. I've got an illustration there that would have worked so much better with slides. We'll see how that pans out. But we're going to read from Acts chapter 1. And we'll read the first 14 verses of Acts. So I would actually like to have read a little bit more than that. But we obviously don't have the time. But as we, as we read through our Bibles carefully and we, and we continue to be followers of Jesus, I think there are three big themes that come out at us repeatedly as we read through Scripture. And we see it play out right from the Old Testament moving all the way into the New Testament in varying degrees of noticeability depending on the story and the context of the story that we are engaging with and the kind of writing that, that scripture um, holds within it. And I think those three big themes are community, mission, and holiness. Now right from the first book of the Bible, we see Yahweh from a position of being in community, creating a community. He says, let us make man in our image. And in that place where he made all these things that he called good, he gives humankind a mission. And within that mission and community, there's also a desire for holiness to be pursued in that he said to Adam and to Eve, you can eat whatever you want to eat, but there are these two trees that I don't want you to touch or to eat from. And so these three themes, I think, are present and evident, and we see them play themselves out 
throughout the story of man, all the way down even to today. Now within our journey, there has been this constant struggle to maintain community, if you think about it. While being holy and doing what Yahweh has called us to be. Now God has always wanted us to live as missional people in a missional community that reflects his character and his ethos, his kingdom truth in and to the rest of creation. Now I think these three themes are themes that we are really good at looking at in their individual contexts. We look at community and we look at mission and we look at holiness as singular doctrines, if I could call it that. But I want us this morning to consider them as being connected to one another. The way that they depict our lives as followers of Jesus. And so I want to suggest that these three themes in our lives, I hope you can see that from where you are, are these three circular things that we keep moving in. So we are good at looking at them as individual aspects, but I want to suggest this morning that they actually are connected. This would have worked better with a slide anyways. So I want to suggest that they are interconnected in some way. There's community, there's mission, and there's holiness. And when we look at them in a way that sees them being connected, we notice that there's actually a little space in the middle here. There's actually a little bit of a space right here that I want to call this morning the sweet spot. And the sweet spot when we see these three things coming together and in this interconnectedness is being active to the degree that we see and the world outside sees what I believe is the fullness of what God wants for us. And as we look at these three aspects, we must remember that we have to maintain a balance between them. We all know that these three aspects are of great value. We engage with them in different ways and different forms. In our study in the week, when we come together here on a Sunday morning, we engage with these three themes. And so holiness, if I look at the three themes, we know that holiness is something that we are commanded to pursue. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 7 says, Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. And there's a very interesting one in Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 8 that says, And there will be a highway called the way of holiness. The unclean will not travel it, only those who walk in the way. And then in the New Testament, Peter echoes those writings from the Old Testament, and he says, this well-known one that we are familiar with, he says, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Equally so, community 
is a pillar of who we are as the church. John chapter 13 verse 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And then there's that one in Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 that we know so well that says, Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of it. And then, of course, mission has a whole range of scriptures that tell us to go out and spread the gospel. We know Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, the Great Commission. And then, of course, there is the entire book of Acts that shows us how important and valuable mission is to us as God's called out ones. So there's plenty of scriptural backing to drive us forward in engaging with these three themes in our lives and in our community as people who follow Jesus. But there is a challenge in them, in that we can work ourselves into a lifestyle that brings about some kind of an imbalance, I think. And so if there is too much emphasis on one of these circles, on one of these Um, themes in our lives, then we would have an imbalance. Example, you could be so focused on mission, and in doing so, because most of the resources that you have are poured into it, it would so much encroach in on the other two that it would completely dominate that sweet spot that we need to be finding balance in. And so there needs to be also this pursuit of having a balance between these three themes in our lives. You can even be on God's mission, I think. But if you are on God's mission, then you need to remember that God's mission assumes that there is community. And if you're detached from community you must ask yourself if you are still really on God's mission. In the same way, you can have a community because there are all kinds of communities around the world and different ways of experiencing community. But if your community isn't connected to God's mission, then you must ask yourself the question, if your community truly is missional, And if it is the kind of community that God actually wants for you and for us as a community. And then the last piece that goes with this is this idea of holiness or character. It's that ethos that we live out when we fully align ourselves and our love for God and our love for our neighbors. But if the kind of holiness again is a holiness that focuses only on personal growth and self-edification, then you need to reconsider if that kind of holiness is actually the kind of holiness that God wants for you and for us. Now, what we want to do is we want to stay in that sweet spot in the middle there where these three interconnect so that we can have this balanced experience of being followers of Jesus. 
And the sweet spot, as we know, is right at the intersection of mission, of community, and of holiness. And when we live in that sweet spot, not only as individuals, but as a community, then we are not separated from one another. All focused on ourselves. But it's a holiness that empowers us to love our neighbors, to be in community, and to embody who God is as we continue to follow Jesus. Now, this journey of staying in the sweet spot also helps us, I think, to reshape the kind of questions that we ask ourselves concerning these three themes in our lives. And so I think we shift from asking questions like what is our community to who is our community. We shift from asking to what is our mission to who is our mission. And we move from asking what must I do to be holy to asking what kind of person must I become to live in the community of Jesus, following him into mission. Now what, I, now what will happen if we stay in the sweet spot, I think, by engaging with scripture, by being in community, by doing mission, is that Jesus will actually come and he will transform those circles. And instead of looking like this, it starts to look more close together. So Jesus comes, and as he, as he continues to work in our, in our hearts and in our lives, and I think I, I would call that sanctification, we see the circles now moving very close to one another. And that sweet spot gets so much bigger. And so instead of having this small little space that we have once allocated to these three themes in our lives, Jesus has now come and he has expanded that space within our lives, provided that we continue to pursue those three themes in our lives. And so our circles get closer and closer together, so that suddenly now the sweet spot is so much bigger than it was. And it's no longer this tiny aspect of our lives, but it is now this big space that I think leads us to look more and more like Jesus. And I think this is why community is important. And this is why mission is important. We won't have kingdom community if we don't have kingdom mission. And we won't be able to have true mission if we don't have community. And we won't know what kind of people we need to become if we don't pursue holiness. And so there's a very important role in us holding on to these three themes in our lives, engaging with community and mission and holiness, and allowing Jesus to come through the power of his Holy Spirit 
and continuing to sanctify us. Now, coming back to the few verses that Cindy read for us in the beginning, um, really as an introduction to the book of Acts, I'd like to draw just a few points out of that as, um, as something for us to reflect on as we think about the value and the importance of these three themes in our community. Now, the book of Acts, the full name, as we know, for the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. The book focuses primarily on the missionary works of the original 12 first, so that's especially Simon, who's then renamed Peter, and then of the later apostle Saul, who we also know as Paul, who then becomes more and more prominent in the the latter part of the New Testament. And as we read at the beginning of the book of Acts, the early church was devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to community. The Greek word that we know that comes out there is this word koinonia, which means to have things in common. And so verse 14 there said for us, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all who believed were together and had all things in koinonia, in common. The emphasis that we discover in the book of Acts, the emphasis on fellowship and community is interesting because the book of Acts is actually about mission. The book of Acts is not about fellowship or about communion. The book of Acts tells us about the Acts of the Apostles, how they went out on missional journeys. And so we see that in the early church community was actually the foundation for the church's mission. We see as we read throughout the book that community seemed to give birth to mission. And when we read through the book of Acts into the epistles of Paul, we see that those communities needed to keep themselves in a good state of repair. And so they pursued holiness and they wrestled with sin, recognizing the value of holiness in their lives. And we also see that the church's mission was not conducted on the basis of mere personal initiative. Decisions were made in community. It was the church that sent out missionaries. All of the disciples were sent out from being part of a community. The early Christians weren't merely satisfied with inwardly focused lives or lives that revolve just around enjoying fellowship and community. It was broader than that. Rather, they had such a strong belief in the resurrected Christ that they were propelled by the gospel to go and share this good news to all nations. And all the while, they devoted themselves to prayer and studying the scriptures recognizing that holiness would make them become the kind of people that Jesus would use to be ushers in his kingdom. Now, when I read through the book of Acts uh, and beyond into the epistles that Paul wrote, I think we sometimes come away with somewhat of of a skewed picture of everyone who could have been involved in the life of the early church. 
And I think much of this might hinge on how it appears that much of the apostolic and evangelistic accomplishments came about because of only certain individuals, like Paul. This perspective, I think, could simply be based on the contribution that the Apostle Paul made to Scripture. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Thirteen of the 27 books were written by him. And we are introduced to him first in Acts chapter 8. We had this encounter with Jesus. And from then on, there is a very clear documentation of what Paul endeavors to accomplish, seemingly even more so than other people who are mentioned in Scripture. Now, we know that Paul indirectly and directly was involved in planting about 14 churches, and he continued to support them afterwards. We know that he moved around and he preached and he taught in many cities across the Mediterranean. And I think that the impression could be created that Paul did all of these things on his own. That Paul decided on his own volition to go out and to do mission work. But I don't think that that's entirely accurate. Because it was shortly after Paul had this encounter with Jesus that the church in Jerusalem that had already been established invited Paul down to Caesarea in Jerusalem. And from there they sent him to Tarsus. And so there it was the community of believers in Caesarea in Jerusalem who first sent Paul out. And then as we continue to follow Paul's journeys in the book of Acts, we note that Paul and Barnabas were apostles, but kind of in a sense different to the apostles that Peter and John were. We see in Acts chapter 13 and 14 that Paul and Barnabas were actually sent out by the church of Antioch. And then we read in chapter 14 that Paul and Barnabas returned to the church of Antioch. And this is what it says in verse 27. It says, And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So the gathering of the church there in that space, their interest in mission, and the statement of accounts that Paul and Barnabas share, that they give of their commission, indicate that their mission work was actually embedded in the church. It wasn't a one-man show who decided on his own volition to go out and share the gospel. And so as emissaries of the church of Antioch, Paul and Barnabas, we know, they started what we now call, in retrospect, the first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13. And then also we cannot be sure of how long Paul was in Philippi, but whatever the length of time was, it was long enough for him to be able to establish really good relationships and partnership with them, that would last for the length of his missionary career. In his letter to Philippians, this is what Paul wrote, and we need to follow what is being said here. He says, 
I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That's Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. So the mission of Paul was a missional endeavor of the Jerusalem church and the church of Antioch. And in the book of Acts, we see Paul retaining close ties with the churches of Jerusalem and Antioch. So he was never a lone ranger, which might be the perspective that you get based on the contribution that he made. Now, I've only mentioned a few instances here, but there are many more. And so I think it is, it is more accurate to see Paul as a missionary of several churches and as someone who worked in close cooperation with him. Paul's mission cannot be separated from community. It cannot be separated from churches. It is therefore, I think, misleading to speak of Paul's mission or what we would call in theological terms the Pauline contribution without giving sufficient credit to the communities of believers who were standing behind him and next to him. Churches that commissioned Paul, that prayed for him, that financed him, that provided co-workers for him. And so I think involvement in mission was an essential task and characteristic of the early church. And so I pray that the portrayal of the mission of the church in Acts is something that is continued to be portrayed in our church and in other churches. When I reflect, as I was writing this, when I was reflecting on the past two years, I think these past two years have shown us what truly is important, what truly is relevant, what truly are the things that are deserving of our resources. And one of the things that we've been reminded of, I think, in these last two years is the need to have a greater balance in our lives. And so I want to reiterate that again this morning, that we pursue that sweet spot, that we try to hold these three themes that show themselves throughout Scripture and in our lives, that we hold them together as we continue to follow Jesus, to live out our lives in holiness, on the mission that he wants for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have called us out, that you have set us apart, and that you have actually given us something to do. Lord, as we continue to meditate on what it is that you are wanting to do in us and through us, we ask, Lord, that you would make it clearer for us, even as we think about what it is that you are calling us to do in this part of your vineyard. We ask, Lord, that you would come and move in our hearts. Move in our community. Move in our missional aspects and movements. Because we eagerly desire 
to have your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.